And it says we're preparing and it says according to my Zoom that we're live. According to my browser, we're not. I'm going to start talking, probably going to get interrupted by my own voice talking whenever this thing populates. So, ha, I caught it. Welcome to Divi Chat, everybody. Episode 85. I thought this was episode 86. I think we're at 87. We're on 87. (laughs) Does anybody know what episode it is? Well, I'm wondering why this shows up. I changed, I corrected the title, but I will fix the title afterwards. We're not talking about video marketing again. I promise. <laughs> We're talk about how to raise your rates in your web design practice. But before we get started, I'm going to edit the title while these guys are introducing themselves. Ladies, y'all start first and then kick it over to those other guys. Um, hi, I'm Leslie Bernal of A Girl in Her Mac, um, and uh, I am a designer with WordPress. And you can find me at agirlinhermac.design and on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram at A Girl in Her Mac. Woohoo! Thank you, Leslie. Glad you're here. Hi, Sarah. Hi, I'm Sarah Oates from Endure Web Studios. You can catch me at endure.com.au or Endure Web on the socials. Thank you. And this is interesting. YouTube just magically corrected itself. <laughs> it was the wrong title first, and now it's, and I promise I didn't do anything. Um, Josh, in honor of Bria, you go next. <laughs> yeah, for everyone, I had Bria on here before we went live. Maybe she'll make an appearance here. We'll see. And I apologize. We'll have to leave a little bit early on this one, just an FYI. But I am Josh Hall. It's good to be with you guys here in Columbus, Ohio. You can find me at joshhall.co, where I have a bunch of Divi and WordPress-related material for helping fellow web designers. Fantastic. Glad you're here. And I plus one Bria, by the way. Uh, (laughs) Let's go with Jenkins. Corey. Corey Jenkins coming at you from Prescott, Arizona. You can find me on the interwebs at divi.space, aspengrovestudios.com, not divilife.com, potentplugins.com, all kinds of places. I'm all over the place. Man. Happy to be here. Awesome. You must be awesome. <laughs> hey, Tim. Yes. Hey, everybody. Tim Streifler here, broadcasting from Austin, Texas. And uh, you can find me online at divilife.com. And Corey, last week, I think it was, said that he was on divilife.com. Which... It, was, it was a week before. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he was, was running the like hours of sleep. I'm okay with that. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Share the love. If if people find out I'm I'm there, I'm sure you just got an influx of traffic, you know. <laughs> so yeah, divilife.com, and timstreifler.com. Do I do I need to say any more? Awesome. <laughs> My name's David Blackman with Aspen Grove Studios, Divi Space, WP Gears. We never any none of us ever mention divi.chat. We are all part of divi.chat. I, I think I did last week. There. Yeah. We're like 86, 87 episodes in. Been doing it for a year and a half. Love doing it. We're glad everybody's here. But you know what? We've decided to raise our rates after a year and a half. I'm gonna tell you why. <laughs> no, actually today's topic, we're we are gonna talk about raising your rates and why you may want to consider them. We did a topic back on episode 49 where we talked about raising rates. Um, and this one I think is today's be- just pricing in general. There we go. Yeah, and that one was yeah. why you should. Raising web design pricing is the 
title. So there you go. <laughs> give us an explanation of what we're talking about today. So I can we be- just changed it right now. <laughs> <laughs> Where do we want to start? Go ahead, Tim. I'm throwing you under oh. the bus. <laughs> consider me buried by the bus um because i don't know anything to say uh yeah so i mean pricing is a sensitive topic with any business especially um with the, like a service business because uh yeah a lot of times you don't know what to charge and especially if you haven't been doing it in a while um you almost feel guilty charging over a certain amount um and it kind of ties in with uh what we talked about a couple months ago with the imposter syndrome where you don't feel like you're qualified enough to, to, uh, charge a certain rate. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, we have to get paid and, um, you're not doing your client a service. If you're giving them a huge discount to where, to the point where you're, um, dissatisfied and unmotivated. Um, and so you should charge what you're worth. Um, so I think that's kind of the overall context of the episode. Awesome. Yeah. And I'll say too, to that point, Tim, it's just pricing is tricky. You mentioned it's something that's you know, not easily talked about. It can make you uncomfortable. It's tricky for you, the web designer, to make sure you're making enough to support yourself or if you have a team to support your team and to have enough left money left over to pay taxes and everything else. And then it's tricky for your clientele as well, which is why I think Tim, you mentioned in there to to kind of hone in on your demographic and find out what other people are charging around. Web design pricing is all over the place. And um, I will, I hate to post my, I hate to plug my own series, but I did a series for Elegant Themes blog on pricing that I highly recommend checking out just because I did some research on um, effective ranges for your Divi web designs. And it's just tricky because it depends on the scope of the project. It depends on your area. You know, we're in Columbus, Ohio, we're a pretty big Midwestern town, but what websites are going for here are probably not as much as they are in New York or Chicago or LA or a bigger city. Um, so it is really tricky. So I guess I'm, I think we'll, we'll get into a lot of good uh, ideas about not only why to do it, but then how to do it as well. Cause that can be really tricky to actually, you know, step forward and raise your rates. Yeah. That's, that's a good point about the size of the, the area that, that you're in and, and the overall economic uh, situation. I'm, I'm in a small town. It's kind of a, you know, probably an older demographic, kind of a retirement community. Yes, there are, there are businesses here, but, um, they don't have the budgets that you see, like, uh, you know, back when I used to live in California and we used to build websites back then, um, you know, then, then you could charge a little bit, um, you know, higher of a rate. So if you are local in a small area or maybe somewhere that the economy isn't, isn't all that great, um, it might be harder to get some of those, those higher prices. That doesn't mean you can't raise your rates, but it might not be comparable to, to some of the bigger markets. Yes, I take a little bit different tack because I don't, I typically when you know, doing client services and, and web design and pitching people don't sell price. I sell more value. Um, and I really haven't found that, um, you know, I found that if you, if you present properly and stuff, then you're probably going to get hired regardless of what your rate is. Um, you know, if you, if you feel, if they realize that you're bringing the value that their business needs and that's, what's ultimately important and stuff, I'm going to preface my, conversations with this whole topic and stuff with you're probably not charging enough. Um, and that's just the truth. I know that raising rates is hard. Changing your pricing structure is hard. It goes against, at least for me, it did mentally in the beginning, you know, raising my rates is going to get me more business. 
it, it seems like it would just be the opposite. If I discount yeah. my rates, I'll get more business because pe more people are going to be attracted to it. And that's not what happens. Um, what happens is, is if you raise your rates, my experience is if you do it properly, it can actually get you more business because people respect you. They take you seriously. You get an entirely different type of clientele than the bottom of the barrel type kind of clients that, you know, are only shopping price and stuff. They don't understand the value of what you're doing anyways. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I had a, the same experience. Um, when I, when I raised my rates the first time, I, I was worried. Like, probably a lot of people are like, oh, crap, you know, I might not get any clients. <laughs> like, am I, I don't want to scare people away. But, yeah, the opposite kind of happened. Um, I wouldn't say I necessarily got more clients, but I got better clients. I got people whose first line of thinking wasn't money. You know, they just cared about what was good for their business, not how much can do I need to spend. And, and you know, I mean, if that's the first question you get is what is this going to cost me well that's kind of a red flag to me because if that's if that's kind of their you know overshadowing the whole project um you know it can just kind of make things more difficult um but yeah I found that when I raised my rates um I just got better clients but you know people who who valued what oh you know the the what the website really does for a business yeah, yeah, yeah and ideally very, oh, sorry I guess sorry sorry, sorry. I, I, like, I think it's it's been true for me too. But I would also say when I started, I couldn't have started at the rates that I started now. So, like, I think it was an important journey to start yeah. much, much cheaper and to kind of find my way and work out what I'm doing and be able to back up the price. Like, I've I've increased my prices over time. And so every year I've probably increased um, significantly, mostly what I'm charging for new clients. I haven't really changed Oh, no, I have changed what I've charged for maintenance as well. Um, I've just done that in this last year. And that was really scary because I think that's like going from my my current clients and kind of saying, hey, you were paying this much every year, but now you're going to pay this much. Ah! I did that too. That was scary. <laughs> that was really scary. And I, I suspect I may lose a few clients in this year um, due to that process. But I'm okay with that because the clients I'm going to lose are the clients who... They're tied on their money and they, they just worry about that stuff. And to me, one client isn't going to make that huge difference in terms of my income. Really, my income comes from the building side of websites for me. And so that's where I have consistently been pushing the limits of my prices. Um, but if I had have charged what I charge now for, do you know, I worked out, I'm almost five years into my business. So if I had charged it five years ago, what I'm charging now, like I couldn't have backed it up. I couldn't have pulled off what I'm pulling off now. And so I just, I feel like it's all very good to say, hey, you need to raise your prices. But my personal opinion is you're better off to do it in a slower method rather than just jumping in at a level that means <laughs> Make you're, sure you're like thinking under the water. <laughs> yeah, because you want to be able to, like if you can say like, I'm worth this much money and then you pull it off. That's great. And then you will consistently keep getting those clients. But if you say you're worth this much and then you're actually only this level, you're not going to keep getting clients because you'll get bad referrals. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think bottom line is, um, you know, freelancers or agency owners, we're business owners and we're dealing with other business owners, whether it be a plumber, a restaurant, um, you know, your, your business costs go up and, and over, especially over a period of like, like five years, your rent may go up, the price of electricity, your supplies, 
not it's it's not that much different from what we're doing you're hosting you know? yeah hosting if you're with wp engine um <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. So, so I, I think a lot of business owners understand that. And, yeah. uh, Oh, here, here comes a star to steal the show here. Oh my gosh. And, and so, um, you know, I think a lot of them understand that. So I, I don't know, I I'd never really done it this way. I mean, I, I guess if you have existing clients, you need to notify them if you're charging hourly that the rate's going up. Have you guys ever like sent an email or anything like that to clients letting them know? Let's take a pause, I guess. Before, before you dive all into that, I'm going to, uh, when all else fails and you want to raise your prices, bring a baby. Yeah. This is how I raise my prices right here. I <laughs> you oh, got to buy her yeah. some clothes. Oh my, oh my goodness. She's smiling at us. She yeah. She's going to hang, she's gonna hang <laughs> out with us here for a few uh well, we're uh, doing some stuff around the house here. Sorry, Corey, go ahead, man. Oh, no, no, that's that's fine. Yeah, that's a great way. I, I have a kid now. I have to raise my rates. I, I understand that. There it is. So I haven't sent a proper email out to clients, like as a blanket, hey, my prices are going up. But generally what I've done with clients who are existing clients is when they come around to renewal. So at one point um, I had to add GST. So that's adding like as a tax in Australia, I had to add 10% onto everything that I was doing. And for bigger clients, it didn't impact them at all. In fact, it was a good thing because they would claim that money back. So that was fine for them. But for smaller businesses, it meant saying to them, hey, my prices are going up by 10%. I have to charge GST now and you're just going to have to suck it up and pay it. Um, but I did it at the renewal time. And so then they kind of knew what was coming up and the same, I've just recently raised my maintenance prices significantly, but I included some support time because what I found was there were all these clients who were like sucking all these little bits of money out of me, like in time out of me, just asking little questions. And I felt like I should just chuck in two hours of tech support as a part of my maintenance. I'll do it at a cheaper rate. So I like increased uh, my maintenance fee by like a hundred bucks where my hourly rate is a hundred bucks. So they're getting two hours for the price of one. So I felt like it was a good deal for them, but it meant they're paying an extra hundred dollars on their maintenance, which is pretty significant for small businesses. So I had to, like, I'm still going through the process of emailing all of those people as they come up to renewal I'm giving them a month's notice. So they've got enough time if they want to leave that they can leave. Um, so I would advise if you're going to be increasing your prices significantly for current clients that you give them time and give them an out like give them a say this is just a part of running small business I've had to make changes I want you to know at this point you can move away if you would like to if it's not going to work for you that's fine this is what you're getting included um, and so I've had I've had mixed feedback from people but it's exactly what I thought it would be like the bigger clients are totally fine with it the smaller clients are the ones who are freaking out because they're a small business and I understand like three years ago, if someone had have raised the prices of something I was paying for by a hundred bucks, I would have freaked out and left, which I did. Well, I, <laughs> when I, I think too, my... like, Oh, go ahead. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead, sir. Go ahead, Leslie. <laughs> no, I was going to say when I raised my maintenance rates, um, they raised by a lot, like to normal yeah. rates. Oh, Jesus. Sorry. Hill. I was just going to say too, I mean, one way you can, I know one thing that's helped me with raising prices is I don't have a set price for a job. I have ranges. So I, I say like, you know, this style of website, this type of website starts at $24.97. And then the next range up is $34.97 and go from there. That way I can kind of base the project to where, okay, like this client 
you know, maybe this is a client that's smaller and isn't going to have a massive budget. They might be able to do the 2,500 range. Whereas another client, if they're doing millions of dollars a year in revenue, they're going to be able to do more. So that's kind of helped me. And I still don't display my pricing up front, but I do have a new potential client weed out page that I just put together that has the ranges on there. That way, when people scroll through that, if they see the ranges and say, okay, there's no way, then I kind of weed out the tire kickers without wasting hours on a proposal. Um, so that's helped me raise my rates is just by having ranges and not like websites are $500, websites are $1,000. It gives me some leeway to, to kind of, you know, take the project as it is accordingly. I want to highlight a comment from one of the, the viewers, Nelson Miller. We do have a couple of questions. We are going to ask, answer them, by the way. But he put in uh, this comment and said, my prices naturally went up when my confidence went up. And I really want to focus on that because I'm going to give you a, a awesome tip of when to raise your prices and to go for it. When you're super busy and you've got plenty of client work, and more client works coming in, ask for more money. You're not going to be hurt. It's not hurting you. You know, you don't care if you get them or not. Here's what happened. Corey and I did a test a year ago or so. We were so busy with tons of client work that we got to the point where it was like, we just, from a bandwidth standpoint, we couldn't take on any more work. And I decided to just try to do some testing. So I said, okay, our normal rate's this. I'm going to one and a half times it. Let's see what happens. They still said, yes. I, I, Joe, Corey and I went through this and we were joking. I said, well, let me try two times our normal rate and let's see what happens. They said, yes. I forget what we exited up to, but they never said no. They kept saying, okay, okay. And it taught me something. It's like, and I had the confidence. I would never have the confidence to go in and 10X somebody on a web design project, you know, if I didn't have any clients. But because we had so much work and I knew money was in the bank, my confidence level was high. And I said, what the heck? Let's give it a shot, you know? Right. And I mean, it really blew my mind that no matter how much I had raised it to, clients were still saying, Okay, no problem. And maybe it has to do with the way that you present, the confidence factor that you're coming across. Yeah, yeah and, and especially on that hourly stuff, because you can get so caught up in, in these small things that you have to do on a, on a daily, weekly basis. And, and it can, you know, from my freelancing days, it can suck you dry. Um, so yeah, from, you know, from an hourly standpoint and then a total, total project standpoint, but it also allowed us to, you know, to focus more on the, on the project, put more foresight in, into it. And then if the client did come back and they asked for a couple of changes that may have been borderline scope creep, you know, at, at times we were able to, you know, to, to handle those, you know, whereas before, if it was a super tight budget, we would have to get really tight um, on, on every aspect of the project. So um, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's definitely a good thing to do. Yeah. yeah there's and there's a lot of psychology when it comes to pricing too. Uh, like David was saying, obviously, you know, when you have the confidence because you don't need the project and you, you come in higher and you have that confidence, they're more likely, but if they're comparing you to, to four other bids that they got, cause chances are you're not the only person that they're talking to. Well, what this one right here is priced higher. It must be better. Um, and, and another thing I thought of too, is I, I used to live in California right near Disneyland and 
Disneyland's not that big. They're kind of landlocked, so they can't expand, but they just get so many people coming there and they just constantly raise their prices, hoping to get the amount of people that are coming through the doors to cut down. <laughs> and it doesn't matter how much they raise their prices. You know, it's a ridiculous amount for daily entry and people just keep on coming and they're still just so, so busy. Um, and so that's why I, I kind of think of with web design, as David mentioned, um, you know, when you are busy and you have plenty of projects, that's the perfect time to, you know, test the waters a little bit, you know, raise your prices a bit. Um, because not only do you um, not need the work, but you have that extra confidence, um, you know, to, to be able to, to close those deals. Yeah. And it's interesting because in those moments, like when you have a moment where you can just be a bit more game and you test it out and it goes well, then it helps you the next time you're going for a job, even if you're not like, even if you really want the job at that point and you're not super busy because you've done it before, it just gives you a little bit more confidence to then come into the next thing. I know I've won jobs um, previously where I have um, had prices well under me. And for those people, like money mattered, like it was fat. Um, oh, I can't think of the top of my head, but they, they, needed money you know like they didn't have a lot of money to be throwing around and they chose me even though it was more expensive and the reason they chose me was usually because of a meeting that we'd had so it was about the interaction it was about my confidence about talking about my skill level about talking about what I was going to achieve and that comes over time like my first few meetings five years ago were very different to what my meetings are like now. And part of that is just because I've been doing it for such a long time. I feel really confident about what I'm doing. I know that I can do the job really, really well. I think that makes a difference and that takes time and not everybody likes going to meetings. I know David is like a people, people, people guy, but we're not all like that. And for some people it takes time to like, yeah. you know, get That's comfortable. That's exactly why I don't have local clients because I don't like meetings. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But sometimes you can do like it meetings. Gradually too. What's yeah, that, sorry? Sarah, you mentioned previously, you can do it gradually. Like you don't have to yeah. double or triple your rates right away. Yeah. I mean, you can depending on the project, but so I don't really do hourly stuff much at all. I just do hourly for like client has a decent amount of updates that are out of the scale of our maintenance plan. And so what I did is I upped my price by 20 bucks an hour and it was a pretty, it's a decent, decent jump. And I was a little apprehensive about that, but it's been fine. I've had it that way for a month and a half now. And there's been no clients that have been like, Ooh, that's too much. It's, you know, it's, it was just enough jump that gives me a little more for what I need. And then it still is within the range of the clients. And that seems to work well for me. So yeah, you don't have to you know, you don't have to go crazy, but you can certainly just up it over time as you get more confident and you get more skills. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I actually have a, a close friend, not in the Divi community or anything that has a lot of experience, more experience than me, but his rate was lower than mine. And it was kind of baffling that he hadn't raised his rate, you know, to, you know, kind of be, uh, to his skill level. Yeah. Um, and, and I, I, I'm similar to Josh. Um, you know, I, I, I raise my rates gradually and often. Um, and I think that's a good approach because it doesn't feel so scary, you know, trying to double or triple. Um, you know, I, I don't do hourly work, but I do it project based, but it's based off of an hourly price. Um, you know, depending on how long I think the project will take. And so, um, the clients really don't see my hourly rate. So they don't see an increase. Um, and especially if it's a new client anyways, they're not seeing, you know, Oh, well, I heard you were this hourly rate or whatever. Um, but I, yeah, I feel like when you do it gradually, it doesn't feel so scary to you. Um, and also it's just, uh, 
you know, if you have any existing clients sort of coming back for a refresh or something, they're not going to be like, well, wow, that was triple what, you, you know, you charged me the first time around or anything like that. I also well, heard it said really wisely by um, the creator of CD Baby. Uh, and he was saying, oh, Derek Sivers is his name. I heard him on a podcast and he was saying that his original pricing for that service was going to be 29 bucks a month. And he was just about to launch. Then he was like, wait a minute what about 39? That's like the same vein as 20, 29. What would be the difference between 39 and 29? And he made 39 and it was huge. And so, you know, that times millions of customers made a big difference in profit as opposed to $10 less per transaction. So um, that's the kind of the, the model you could have if you're doing maintenance plans as well Is if you're going to do something for 39, why not 49? A 10 bucks a month extra per client could go a long way. Absolutely. Great point. Josh, I was trying to get a good screenshot with Bria there, but uh, you know, you you're hanging her kind of low down there. So oh, here's good, yeah, I'm standing up this time. So here you go. Hey, there she is. <laughs> All right. Like, I, <laughs> oh man, that's even Thanks, better. Katie. Sorry, everybody. We have yeah, some for every, quality Bria time. <laughs> for everyone in the podcast who can't, I got my little baby with me. So <laughs> I, I want to go ahead and answer a couple of the questions. Josh R. asked the first question. He said, have any of you narrowed into a niche and therefore raised rates due to this? What do you guys feel? Sort of. Um, when I went into white label work, I, I did raise my rates at that time. Um, that's work I can't show off. You know, I can't talk to you about it. I can't put it in my portfolio. And that costs something to me. Um, so I raised my, raised my rates when I did that. I don't know if you call white label a niche, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I centered on just front end design and just white label. So in that way I did, I did do that. I think of, um, Melissa love from the design yeah. space. Uh, like when I think of niche, I think of her, she specializes in doing websites for photographers, other creatives. I think photographers is kind of like the biggest one, but it's like the creative space type websites. And she mentioned that. Uh, people love having her um, little uh, trademark at the bottom of their sites that says, you know, made by the design space. Um, and they're proud to have it on their site because she's built up her name in that niche. And yeah. so, you know, people want to hire her because of her experience building photographer websites, for example. And so I think absolutely, if you are narrowed into a niche, you can charge more because you know the market, uh, you know everything that goes into building that type of website um, and people can start to know you. And so you become in higher demand because of that. And so, you know, regardless of a niche, if you're in higher demand, you can charge more. But um, so, yeah, to answer uh, Josh's question, I think so. Absolutely. I, I agree. I, I think niching is good. I think uh, hindsight being 2020, uh, I didn't niche. I built everything that came into through the sales pipeline, I built a website for it. And I don't, I think if I were back doing that, I probably would have niched because it would have been easier, better. I could have poised myself as a expert in whatever it is that I wanted to niche in and stuff. And I think more people would have found me and stuff. And every podcast that I listen to all of the, the gurus, they all say to niche, niche, niche. So you know, are you talking about the gurus over on WP, the podcast? Yeah, those gurus, Tim, they said niche, niche, niche. <laughs> or those gurus might have said niche, 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 niche. exactly. <laughs> I, I think, um, in some ways, a lot of us have niched. Thank you. 
Um, in that, like we pretty much all just use Divi, don't we? Um, so right. like yeah. in yeah. some ways, I mean, it's not technically a niche because on the front of my website, I'm not like plastering, hey, I'm only Divi. But I do get work through Divi. And so, yeah. Yeah. and part of the reason that you would niche is purely because it helps you do it faster. It helps you do it more effectively. And when I go into someone else's theme, like I had someone come to me the other day who had come through a referral of someone I'd worked for and they said, hey, can you come into the website? Can you just like make a splash page for me? And I got in there and I couldn't work in their theme. Like I just, I didn't know how to use any of it. It was going to take me hours and hours and hours. And I said to him, you're just not, you're not going to get your money's worth out of me because by the time I spend all these hours you'd be better to find someone who has worked in that theme heaps and heaps. So in some ways using Divi is a niche for me because it makes me two times faster purely because I don't have to learn or have my hands across five different themes. I just have one theme. I nail it out really fast. It means my prices are effectively raised because I can do what I used to take three times as long. You know, I can do it way shorter now. So if I'm charging by an, uh, like a full price, I'm now tracking my hours and I can see, hey, I quoted 50 hours, but I knocked that out in 30. Like I just raised my prices just purely because I was using Divi and so I'm faster because over time I have got better and better at using that one particular That's- thing. That's true. All right, everybody, you heard it here first. Divi lets you raise your rates. (laughs) (laughs) It has for me. Like, I'm in all honesty. No, I completely agree. Yeah, I I was going to say, I mean, even worse, I I wasn't even like 100% WordPress like six years ago. I mean, I had a client that was on Joomla. I had a client that was on Drupal. I had a client who had a static HTML site, and I was all over the place with different things. And then, you know, one day I made the call, I'm only doing WordPress. And then finally, only, only Divi. So you really do kind of, I, I, I guess, by by uh, niching down your, um, you know, the technology and, and the resources and tools that you use, um, you're you you are getting um, faster and more profitable in, in that aspect. So, but it's nice to tell those people like, okay, I, I don't do Joomla anymore. So yeah, <laughs> don't want to teach. You know, one big thing for me too with raising rates that, that I realized really this year is. And again, like we've talked about so far, you can't just start out at a super high rate. You've got to build up to it. You've got to get confident. You've got to be a better designer and developer. But one thing that I've realized is that if you raise your rates, you might get less clientele, but you're going to have better clients. And for me, I would rather have 20 clients a year that are really good that are paying more than have 100 clients at a really low rate. Because no matter how simple a web project seems, we all know that the back and forth between email and phone calls and getting content and designing and changes and revisions and, yep. and hosting transfers. I mean, there's just so many things that go into even, I remember when I was doing sites for 500 bucks, what I would be charging three or four grand now is what I was charging you know, 500 back then. And just the amount of work that went into a lot of those projects that seemed like a quick three page build. It was just this, you know, it was a nightmare a lot of times. And I was, in, I ended up paying clients basically to build their websites. So once you get to a point where you're confident and you're designing well, you definitely, yeah. And then once you really start building a business, whether it's freelance or whether you're scaling, that's when this little P word comes into play called profit. And uh, that's what I'm learning right now. And then once you start having little ones like this come into play, then you realize, oh, my rates are, are cool and suitable for a 
a single guy and then for, for a uh, you know a, a married person of you know uh two people but then once there's two and a half then you got to start thinking about your prices again so yeah there's just some thoughts that i've had about raising rates i i think uh one thing that i want to kind of jump in here and, and talk about i think is a good point is um you know setting minimums for yourself you know um you know when I realized the value of what it was that I was doing for the business, not the actual build of the website. Yes, there, that takes a, a, a technical person who has the knowledge and skill set to be able to do what you need them to do, i.e. build a WordPress website. But when I realized the true value of what you were doing for that business from a monetary standpoint, that's when my brain just kind of went like, Oh wow, you know, this company's going to benefit massively if I do my job right. I shouldn't have a problem asking them for I'm I'm scared to ask them for $3,000, but they're going to reap tens of thousands of dollars, yeah. if not hundreds of thousands of dollars, and depending on the website you build, could be millions of dollars worth of revenue and return, and my brain's like, well would I pay for, you know, more money than I'm paying right now if I know that return's going to be there. So when all that clicked into my brain, it was not very hard for me to start asking, you know, potential that's a, and stuff. Yeah. That's a really good sales technique too, as you could tell, because I've done this before where I've said, listen, you know, this, this website is, is 3,500 what I'm charging for. If you get two clients, whatever the service is, if they're paying that much, if you get two clients because of this new website, you'll have paid it off. And that's really helped me a lot of times, particularly with e-commerce sites that they're, you know, you could say, listen, if you have two good months, you could pay this website off. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it, you got to be careful the way you word that. Long term. <laughs> yeah, it's not like the revenue is going to stop after they're, they get those two clients or stuff. It's going to keep working. Yeah. And, and I feel like the, you know, established businesses, you know, the higher tier clients, they get that, you know, it doesn't take yeah. explaining. It's the, the ones that are newer in the business that, you know, are a little scared of paying a lot of money, they view their website more as an expense opposed to an investment. But if you can, as David mentioned, uh, you know, shift their thinking to looking at it as something that's going to help, you know, drive sales, you know, put money back into their pocket. Well, then, you know, the sky's the limit on what you can really charge because, you know, it's going to, as David mentioned, over time, drive revenue. So. I think there's been some really, really good points. Uh, let me see. There were a couple of more questions in there. If one, somebody wants to talk while I hunt them down. Oh, there was someone keep talking, talking about, um, <laughs> about charging more for painting the ass clients, which I think, you know, that is the perfect opportunity to raise your rates is if there's someone that you really don't want to work with <laughs> and you just think like, I just don't want to work with you. Like you'd be hard work. But if you dramatically increase your rates in that moment, if you get the work, well, then, you know, it's helped you know that that was worth it. But also you got a better hourly rate for that particular job, which helps you put up with the fact that you don't really like working with them. Yeah. It's like, what, what is the, the price that would make it worth it having to put up with them? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Asshole the, there's another thing that I've, I've done. It's um, I've kind of nicknamed it in my head, the too many cooks in the kitchen tax yeah, where if there's nice. like a team of, you know, a bunch of people, even if you're interfacing just with one main, you know, person that's kind of managing the project, 
But if you know that there's going to be like, you know, five, 10 people's opinions that are coming into play, well, I'm going to charge extra for that because you know that all 10 of those people are going to be like, well, I want yeah. this, you know, and I really <laughs> wanted this. And then it's just, you know, opens up a huge can of worms. Yeah. That is right. Well, my watch just notified me that a customer just paid their bill. So. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I wanted to mention, David, I don't know if you're still looking for questions there, but um, yeah. it's kind of related, but uh, one thing that's kind of helped me feel comfortable charging more is knowing that if they say that, Hey, that's too much. I can't, you know, I can't afford that. Um, my, my response is, you know, rather than like, obviously like the big no, no is, you know, discounting your work, like never do that. Um, but I always say, okay, well, what, what can we do? You know, what type of payment plan? How can we break this up for you to feel comfortable? If they still say no, then you know, it's value. They don't see the value uh, and it has nothing to do with price. They just don't think that it's worth that amount of money. But if they're like, okay, yeah, I could afford, you know, a thousand dollar down payment. And then, you know, three, to, you know, whatever payments after that till the balance is paid off, then awesome. You know, there's other things that go into play with that, you know, wanted to make sure that they don't take your money and run all of that you know, having a solid contract, you know, hosting it on your own server. But um, that's something that I've done. And if you can personally afford it, you, you don't need that money right up front. Um, that can be a great way for a, a newer business. That's more of a startup. I worked with a lot of startups and, you know, it's not a value issue. It's a cash flow issue. And that can be a great way to see if it actually is a cash flow issue. Yeah. And the other thing to note is if someone's like, I just don't have like whatever that amount of money is, that you can find ways to reduce it, like what they're receiving. So um, I've just had a client recently who was like, it's just too much. Can you come down by a thousand dollars? And I was like, no, I can't, but <laughs> we can come down by $500 <laughs> if we reduce the amount of design work. So instead of getting three mock-up designs, you can have two mock-up designs for $500 less. And then she was like, okay, that's fine. And so for some people, it's within their culture or their nature to want to negotiate. Um, and that's fine if they want to that's negotiate, true. but you shouldn't lose out in that process. So for me, in that moment, I thought, how can we come in the middle with the money and also give her less, which then means I'm paying my designer less time. And so therefore it does work out okay. It doesn't impact me at all. It just means she knows she's got less choice. Um, yes. So if there's a way that you can reduce the scope, yeah, reduce, reduce it or, or phase out the project, you know, well, let's, okay, yeah. let's put this in a phase two on your phase two wish yeah. list and we'll reduce the cost and then we'll launch your site. You pay me what you owe me. And then, and then we, we can do that in the next phase, you know, cause, cause some of the stuff that people want upfront aren't crucial to the initial launch and their initial needs. Yeah. It's like stuff that they think is cool or that they might deal with, uh, you know, a, a year or so down the line. So a lot of times you can look at the project and phase it out like that. Yeah, yeah, I, I like that aspect and that concept, Corey. It's kind of, you know, if I were selling websites every day, I probably would attempt some different things, try some different things. I've learned a lot in the last four to five years. And one of the things that I've learned, especially in business and stuff, is, you know, I don't have to put everything in the kitchen sink into something new that I'm going after. I can do what the rest of the business world already knows about and Dave learned about in this last year, which is MVP, a minimum viable product. If you go into potential clients and talk to them from that tone who do have budget constraints, but maybe do understand the value. If you, I can promise you, if you go in there with an understanding of 
a good minimum viable product strategy talk to them, you're probably going to close them. They're going to see the value. You'll end up getting the long-term work from them. Um, it's just going to be spread out over time as opposed to that one web design client and stuff. So um, I actually like that idea. I mean, I, if I was still selling websites, I might try that one on, 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 on a client. Hey guys, I gotta, I gotta zip off here. Is it all right if I leave with my parting thought real quick? Absolutely. As long as Bree stays, we're fine with that. (laughs) Yep. She's here. So Bree and I would like to let everyone to know that you personally, I think you should protect your pricing in the way of not making it um, like a certain price. Don't say websites, you know, my websites are 2,500. Say starting at. Those two words, starting at, can save you a lot of hardship moving forward because you can start your prices at 2,500. And then if a project seems like it should be a little more, you're going to have that leeway. So that would be my quick parting thought is to use starting at and all of your pricing. Fantastic. And so does Bria. Oh, and Bria agreed. <laughs> Hi, Bria. Gosh, thanks for bringing her on, man. That Absolutely, awesome. guys. Bye, See ya. Bria. See you guys. Bye, Bria. <laughs> thanks, guys. Bye. See ya. See ya. Thanks, Josh. All right. Let's see here. And then there were five. And then there were the magic five. <laughs> uh, let me see. Any other questions? I know it seemed like Alex had one about... Um, well, I'll finish what I was going to say before my dog rudely interrupted me. Yeah, um, <laughs> I When I started my maintenance plans, I started low. Like, I uh, I think when I started, it was 160 a year. Like, really low. Oh, my um, God. Yeah. And that included hosting. <laughs> Holy <laughs> crap. <Yeah. laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. So Go I, to Leslie Bernal, folks, <laughs> if you want to get... I think I might start outsourcing maintenance yeah. plans to Leslie. <laughs> yeah, it was ridiculous, right? So... I had a couple of clients about three, two or three years. I did that for a couple of years for two, about two, three years in. Um, I was like, okay, this is ridiculous. I need to raise my, my maintenance plans now. And um, so, you know, my clients were going to go from 160. I think my first jump was to like 540 or 600. It was a, it was a big for them. It's still reef. That's pretty on the low end still for a year. Um, yeah, and, and I got them off hosting. That was just maintenance. I got them their own hosting, but, um, but that's a big jump, you know, from 160 to 600. So I, I, I wasn't sure what was going to happen. I did send out a mass email. Um, I sent it, you know, just kind of explaining what was going to be coming up, um, you know, whether whenever their, their renewal was up. Um, and I basically was just like, you know, when I started, when you hired me, um, I was very new. Um, I was still learning a lot. And, and they knew that, you know, I told them that when they hired me. But and I was like, but you know, it's time. I was like, I'm not raising. I'm, I'm raising you to normal standard prices. And I was just honest with them. I was like, I, I need to start getting just the normal standard. Um, you know, I, I gave them time. I was like, I'm giving you time right now to shop around, ask your friends, ask your colleagues who pay for maintenance, whatever. Um, I lost. I lost zero. None of them left. Um, yes. because, and also, I think by that time, I had already been maintaining their sites, and they trusted me. So it worked out well for me. Um, maybe it wouldn't, might not go so smooth Man, for everybody. A but massive raise. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah, it was. A, I I didn't know if they were all going to leave me. Um, but yeah, I took that chance because I was like, this is just you know, I'm I'm losing money now. So because what are you charging my, my today on your maintenance? My maintenance now. Well, I don't build websites anymore, but the ones that are still with me, they pay um seven hundred. Well, it, it actually varies, but it it's between six and seven fifty a year, and what they're all on you? their own hosting. 
Are you taking on new maintenance clients and stuff yeah. by chance? <laughs> I, I, I only maintain sites that I build and I don't build them We anymore. were about to give you a bunch of business, Leslie. Like Sarah mentioned, um, you know, I've never really raised much on old clients. Even my hourly is still pretty low for them. It's the newer ones where I'll shoot out, you know, my, my normal rate now. But yeah. I don't know. I, I'm just not real big on, you know, they don't ask for a lot. If they did, maybe I would. But they don't, you know, they don't ask for a lot. So I'm just like, you know, whatever. We, we've been I good for a few that's a good point, yeah. right? Like yeah. there are some of my <laughs> clients who their websites take zero effort and their websites have like nothing custom. I never have to worry about when I update it. Like it's just a breeze. They never ask me for anything. I know they're not really getting a lot out of the website because they're that kind of business where they need a website, but it doesn't really yeah. like do a lot for them. I haven't raised their prices. Um, and maybe I shouldn't say that publicly, but I just feel like for some people, like they're not getting a lot out of it. It takes me zero effort. It's actually okay, but everyone else and then there's the other websites like I then split off into well if you've got a particular sort of website I'm going to then raise it again because that is taking me a ton of effort and that don't you only learn that in terms of maintenance you only learn that over time right like you only learn some websites take zero effort some websites take a ton of effort and you really need to have enough room in that budget to be able to cater for that like like e-commerce sites or yeah yeah like, or if they've got a ton yeah. of custom stuff or, and or every time you update it breaks it yeah. Here, here's what I do want to say. Leslie does not join YouTube chat live, so she doesn't see the comments. Oh. And one of our commenters, Mr. Stephen James, said that uh, Leslie's approach is called the drug dealer approach. Get them hooked <laughs> on good maintenance and then jack the price up. That's right. <laughs> I'm the pusher. I'm the pusher. I, I, I pictured it kind of like, I am no longer Leslie. I am a girl in her Mac. Give me <laughs> That's why I'm sitting over here laughing. <laughs> so thank you for the funny. What else do we want to, I mean, is there anything that we missed? I think we've gave some really good, valuable insight on, on web design and pricing and stuff. Is there anything that we else we need to cover or want to cover? No, I, I think the confidence point is something really important to bring up. I mean, you got to just have the balls to do it. That's what yeah. it comes <laughs> I, Have you guys seen that movie, I Feel Pretty? Probably the boys no. might not. I know what you're talking about, but no. Yeah. Well, anyway, you should watch the movie. And for those out there who've seen it, you'll understand what I'm saying. But the whole movie is about the fact that she just all of a sudden has all this confidence and she gets all these opportunities in life. And then she suddenly realizes it was just confidence. Nothing changed. She didn't look any different. Right. It was just confidence. Man. But I think, sorry, spoiler. Um, but I think it's the same, right? Like if you go in with a client really confident, even if you're just talking on the phone or on a Skype or in a meeting, going really confident and like, you know exactly what you're doing, that will give them confidence and they'll be willing to pay for the confidence. So your confidence is definitely worth some money. Um, so yeah. Confidence definitely. is huge. It, it, it's a big deal. So you, you can never underestimate confidence. I'm telling you, it's, it's worth immense. Is it a bad idea to lock in pricing with knowledge? With knowledge, it will go up to create a scarcity mindset. Do y'all understand, understand that question? No, that's too many big words. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, why don't you uh, clarify what you're talking about in that, that question there, and we'll try to answer it and stuff. Um, 
I think, why don't we start with parting thoughts? And if Josh clarifies this question, we'll field it. And if not, we'll close out today's episode. Is that good with you guys? Yeah. I think maybe he's thinking like to create urgency that they need to lock in the deal before the price. Uh, goes. Oh, I hate that. No, yeah, maybe so. Got it. Uh, I, I, I count well, that timer on your Leslie proposal. says, yes, that's a bad <laughs> idea, John. Um, yeah, that, that tactic really doesn't work. I don't find, Josh, you're going to... Here's the bottom line for me anyways. I can't speak for everybody on the panel. But if you help the, the client understand the value of what it is that you're going to do to help their business, they're not going to question your price. They're not going to question you. It's going to come across as great. If you go in with those types of sales tactics where you're trying to create that sense of urgency by, hey, if you don't buy this today, the price is going to go up tomorrow kind of deal, you're probably going to find it's, it may work on a few people. But overall, it's just not yeah. going to be. Yeah, I, I, I will say, I will say um, in proposals, we've always had something in proposals like this is good for, you know, pricing is good for 90 days, not really for a sense of urgency. Yeah. You know, but but you don't want somebody to come back to you like a year later and expect the same price if, you know, your team's grown and you're super right. busy, yeah. and your knowledge has grown. So so we usually put that in our in our um, proposal. <laughs> and I think giving people breathing room, like being confident in your price and just saying, this is my price. It's OK if I'm not the right person for you, like go look around. But then if they choose to work with you, it's because they've chosen that you are the right person for their website. So I think in the end, you'll end up with better clients and you'll end up with clients who appreciate you more rather than feeling like they jumped in because it was a good price at the time. And if I did it that day, it was cheaper than if I did it the next week. Um, so I think being confident enough to say, this is it, take it or leave it, um, will probably land you more clients than um, those kind of things. Those things really bug me when they're on like Facebook or something. And it just makes me feel a bit icky when someone says like, if you buy it today, it's $10, but yeah. if you get it tomorrow, it's 12. Like yeah. it just, I don't know. It makes me feel a bit icky. Flash sale. I yeah. got to <laughs> tell you, our audience is hysterical today. If y'all don't log into the comments, they are funny. <laughs> uh, uh, Alex says tightening, tightening the screw costs a dollar. Knowing what screw to tighten $999. Well, and just to share like a little, it, it's sort of related. Like right now, a friend and I are, um, we might, we might be working on a project together. And so, you know, I had to put together a quote and, you know, I discussed it with him and I was like, okay, what do you think about this number? And, um, he was like, okay, well, what are you going to say if they come back? Like, what if, what are you, are, how are you going to negotiate? And I was like, negotiate, that's my price. What are you talking about? <laughs> Um, so, you know, just be, you know, I guess it goes back to the confidence, just know your worth. Um, I, I know, I mean, I can imagine when I, back when I started, you kind of, you just want to take what you can get. And I can't say that I didn't do that for a long time because I did. I think a lot of people do, but you know, you know, when, when you need to stop doing that shit, you know, um, and that's, that's around the time when you should probably raise your prices. Yeah. You know, it's serious when Leslie starts cussing. It's time to take, listen to what she's saying and get your notebook out when she starts cussing. So, all right, let's do parting thoughts. Let's, who wants to start? I'll start. Thanks, Tim. <laughs> uh, I guess this doesn't directly 
relate to pricing? Uh, I mean, it's indirectly related to pricing because, um, you know, you need the, anyways, I'm just going to say it. Um, I think you have a lot better chance of closing a deal when the price is higher. If you're educating your client and you're not trying to sell features or design or, or whatever, um, you know, 99% of the time they've already seen your work. They like your design style. They like what you've done for other clients. Um, so don't try to sell those features or anything like that. Instead, educate your client on what it's going to do for them. Um, and at the end of the day, it all comes down to value. And if they see the value, then you can charge a, a higher price. So. Boom. I'll go next. Um, yeah. Kind of to recap what I was saying earlier. Um, we're just like these people that were pitching websites to we're, we're a business and costs go up. Um, you know, people, people have to understand our, our prices are going to go up. Um, you know, and, and, and don't, don't price yourself out to where you start hating what you're doing. If you're not charging enough and you're barely scraping by and you know, you feel like you're putting in so much work and getting so little in return, you're going to end up really despising what you do for a living. And, uh, you don't want that. You can't eat ramen noodles forever. So raise your prices. We all have to live. That's my point. Awesome. Do I need to cuss? No. Okay. Cuss. Call Effers. Effers. Gag nabbit. Can't eat that, eat that effing ramen forever. <laughs> All right. Who wants to go next? Leslie or Sarah? I'll go next. Um, I'll go I have again. two parting thoughts. My two parting thoughts are, sorry. One parting thought is know your area. Like, you know, we're all saying like, raise your prices, raise your prices. But at the same time, like know where you live, like don't just go crazy. Um, so, you know, do your research and work out. And as we've said before, like try small steps so you can kind of work out, is this flying? Are people going to be okay with this? Um, and then my second thought, I don't know, can Leslie hear me? It's her birthday. And I didn't know happy because I haven't looked at Facebook yet today. Raise your prices so you can buy Leslie a present. for my birthday. Actually, Sarah, Leslie's birthday was yesterday for you. Well, yeah, it probably was. I don't know. I'm I'm not very good at Facebook at the moment. I feel, I hate Facebook at the moment. Happy birthday. Man, you stole my parting thoughts. Go, Leslie. Um, Okay, my parting thought is um, learn from my mistake. Um, I didn't have anything in my contract in the beginning about uh, that prices may go up, maintenance prices may go up, hourly may go up. Um, you know, if you don't have a contract now, definitely get one. If you have one, always edit that. Always go back. You know, when, when you start learning more and you start, you know, uh, just doing, knowing more stuff, um, you always want to go back to that contract. Don't let it sit there for three years, you know, not having been changed. Um, yeah. So I didn't do that in the beginning and now I do, but yeah, contract. Awesome. My parting thought is we, I wanted all of us here at Divi Chat to wish Miss Leslie Bernal a very happy, happy birthday. I'm 29. She turned 62 today, but she looks <laughs> she we, we would sing, but we don't want to scare our viewers away. <laughs> That's right. Uh, my parting thought, I've already said a bunch of stuff, so I'm, I'm kind of good with parting thoughts and I hope Leslie has a great rest of her day. I hope you guys have benefited from this episode of Divi Chat. Next week, we've got another great episode, um, Raising Your Web Design Prices. (laughs) I'm just playing. (laughs) It's it's blogging with builders. (laughs) 
part two. <laughs> it is uh, blogging with page builders. I'm assuming blogging with builders means page builders. And we're going to have some special guests next week. So Ooh. I did also figure out what the snafu was on the numbering of the episode. I marked it 86. We're actually episode 87. Going to fix that. It's because we did Facebook last week. Oh, so you, that's right. So if you came to YouTube this week or last week and we weren't here, it's because we were over on Facebook and we apologize. So if you ever show up and we're not here at our usual time, head on over to where Sarah hates to be on Facebook because <laughs> we might be there. And Let's we'll, we'll try to let you know in advance, but if we don't, yeah. we apologize. Sometimes we just feel like it and, you know. <laughs> yeah. Leslie, I want you to know that our audience is all cheering and wishing you very happy. Yay! I love birthday with some cake. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's wine, there's whiskey, there's cake, there's... She probably already liked even, those ones, but yeah. cake I'm is... I'm not even going to say what the other little... <laughs> now, where's we'll the tacos? See we'll see you next week, everybody. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye.